This episode of My Cat the Podcast is supported by Untamed Cat Treats. I do clicker training with my cats, which means we get through a lot of treats. So it's important they're not only tasty, but healthy too. Untamed Cat Treats are made from 100% freeze-dried chicken or salmon. They're available at www.untamedcatfood.com and I've been reliably informed that they are deficiously good. What do you say, Vic? Fair enough. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to My Cat the Podcast, the show where each episode I talk with a different guest about a cat that has changed their lives. I'm your host, Mark Ahrens, and before we begin, I just wanted to say thank you for all the messages we've received so far. It's been great hearing your cat stories, so please do keep them coming in. Also, it's been a busy time, so we're going to take a couple of weeks off, and the next episode should be out in about a month's time from now. But today on the podcast, I'll be talking to Kieran about his childhood cat, Sherlock. Kieran is 35 years old and is a lifelong cat guardian from northwest London. His honourable roll call of cats includes Sherlock and Sister Poppins, Lucy, Ziggy, Drixie, Sid and current cat Susie Sue, who makes an upstaging appearance on the podcast today. So, without further ado, here's Kieran talking to me about his cat Sherlock. I don't know why that stuck in my head, but I just always remember that day because we got him from Cats Protection. We got Sherlock, who was a boy, for me, the boy, and then we got Poppins um, for my sister Edel, who was the girl. Um, they dropped them round, and like, it was just so giddy with excitement. Like, there's these little cats running around, and the poor things, they must have been petrified because I was, think I must have been about four at the time. And I'm running around chasing this poor cat, <laughs> poor tiny kitten around, desperate to hold it and, and love it. But I just remember him hiding under, like, you know, those really tiny stools that you used to have as a kid that you'd stand up on. Yeah, so I just remember him hiding underneath one of those um, for the first day. And it was just... Yeah, we were re- I was really angry then because he wouldn't play with me. I was like, why won't this cat play with me? I love it so much already. Please come out and play with me. <laughs> now, unusually for this show, I've never met Sherlock. But we've got a picture of the two of you together here, which is great. And I'll post that online when the episode goes out. But for now, could you just describe Sherlock for anybody listening to this? He was... Um... He was, well, when he was younger, he was cute as a button, but he did grow into it. He was a bit of a bruiser. He was a ginger, big, 
Ginger Tom. Um, just, I remember it was kind of that yellow eyes, not that, you know, the cat green eyes, it's like really yellow eyes. And yeah, just looking at him there, he's a really lovely, lovely little boy. How old are you in that picture? I'm about, I think it must be about 13, oh wait, so those crutches denote that I was 15. (laughs) (laughs) So I had a broken leg at the time and I remember we spent that summer, me and Sherlock, in that position on the sofa the whole time watching Wimbledon because that was was all that was on. I wasn't going into school, so I'd just be sitting there, me and Sherlock, packet crisps or a few, just living our best lives. I felt like a cat that whole summer just because I was living living next to him, doing nothing, sleeping all day. And that was a really fun time. Uh, I always remember that. And that's those pictures really stick out to me. That was, I think that pose of him in my arms is probably the abiding memory that I have of him throughout my whole life from when he was, from when he was a kitten all the way through to, to when he passed away. That was, that was us. We were literally inseparable. You've touched a bit on how you came together. How did that relationship then evolve? And what was it that made it such a special relationship for you? Um, The relationship really grew for me is from that kind of picture around that time, you know, adolescence, 11 through to, to 21 when he passed away. I guess two kind of boys going through sounds weird to say a cat was going through his adolescence but I guess he was in a in a way and he was going through that um bruiser phase and he was all just kind of always in in trouble he was always getting into stuff and it kind of reminded me of me at the same stage like you know I was just always getting into scrapes or getting into arguments and so I think we just had felt like we had this kinship um and then I'd come home I'd get in trouble go upstairs tell Sherlock about it Sherlock would bring back a pigeon, get get in trouble, come upstairs. I'd congratulate him because that's kind of kind of relationship that we had. Um, I mean, one of the times with the with the magpie, he'd, he'd caught a magpie, but then there was kind of I don't know what happened, but magpies are obviously quite intelligent, and they um, they organised and ganged back up at him, and and he nearly took his eye out. So he'd always been in. He was always in scrapes. Like that, another time was he got hit by a car, and I mean most cats, you know, you get hit by a car. It's never really a good story. And I remember he'd, he got hit by a car, and I was going out, and I just heard him meowing on the doorstep. And I was like, "What is he doing? Why wouldn't he come round the back?" I opened the doorstep, and bless him, he was just on on the doorstep, motor oil down him, couldn't move, just in agony. Um, so we get him to the vet and they say uh, he's um, broken his pelvis. And we're like, oh God, it's, what does that mean? No. And we were like, well, we love him, we can't... The, the option, one of the options, obviously, at that time is like, well, if you can't afford the treatment, it's there's the very final option, um, which we obviously decided against, even though due to the cat of that nature, we definitely should have had insurance, but, but, but didn't, so... Um, Luckily, they they patched him up and they were like, well, look, we think that he might have um, some issues going forward, like might have some incontinence issues and um, his tail will be paralysed, so it means he might have some balance issues, so you'll just have to kind of keep a constant eye on him going forward. We were like, oh, God, poor Sherlock, like, how's he going to 
kind of really live out the rest of his life, considering he was such an active cat and, you know, going out into other people's gardens, catching big prey. Um, uh, I didn't know what that would do to him, but we got him home. As soon as we got him out the the basket, jumped out, absolutely fine. Never, never another issue. Um, and that's when he developed the moniker 50 Cent because we thought he'd been shot nine times. He'd used all his nine lives, but he was still just still rocking out, um, never getting just somehow always surviving um, and always ploughing on. And he always reminded me of my dad in that way. Um, the fact that, you know, life life gets in your way and it keeps keeps bringing you down, but you somehow find a way to keep moving forward and get up and keep your tail wagging, I guess. Um, <clears throat> so this relationship went through many phases. You started off as a small child and then as you say, into your adolescence and then into being a young adult. How did you find the relationship shifted as you grew older? Um, look, there's obviously that bit you go away, but you did notice, you know, you'd speak, I'd speak to my mum, like, oh, Charlotte's getting a bit slower now and, you know, he's not going out as much. And I was like, no, he's fine. He's fine. I know Sherlock. He's fine. I know I'm not there, but I know Sherlock. He's he's doing great. He's he's better than he's ever been. But in the back of your mind, there's that that little niggle that it's. I know he won't be around forever, and we've lost other cats. But but to me, because of everything that he'd gone through throughout his kind of his life, he felt indestructible. He felt invincible. Um, and I remember, so yeah, the final three years of his life, I was away for most of it. But when I'd come back, you did notice the the ageing and it was, to me, I always kind of um, think about that and I, I think I just wasn't willing to accept it. Um, every night when I would be back, he would sleep just in my arms. Like, he wouldn't go to sleep without someone next to him and that would either be me or my mum. So we spent these nights together, our final nights together, even over those three years, you think about it, three years is a long time, but it's probably only 36 times, you know, you're back once a month or something like that, it's only 36 times I actually got to spend that time, cuddle him, hold him, you know, fall asleep in each other's arms, I know it sounds a bit funny, but um, that's that's what it was, We we spent those times together I do remember though um, we'd have friends over and they'd stay over but because he was desperate for attention he would he would let you know he was a very loud cat, cat as well so there's many um, stories of him meowing at me in my face going I need attention now can you uh, can you wake up and just hold me until I can go to sleep um, which is always lovely and I it's funny that I had so many friends that um spoke about him as well like everyone to take us all the way back to the beginning once we first first got Sherlock I remember my mum bringing them Sherlock and Poppins into school to play with on the final day of school I was the most popular kid in school and I always remember a friend of mine Marco going oh my god that was the coolest day ever at school and then he'd always talk about how Sherlock how Sherlock I was like yeah he's he's, he's great thanks um 
so yeah, and that kind of continued throughout my life. Everyone wanted to know about Sherlock. I think he just had a kind of air about him that he was he was a bit cool. He was he was involved in everything. He was a bit mischievous, and I think that kind of built him a bit of a profile. And I dare say the name helps. I think it's a pretty cool name for a for a cat. <laughs> um, yeah, he was he was he was just a cool cat. Everyone everyone wanted to know about him. Um, and that's, I think, why it was so hard when the day came that he did, he just wasn't doing too well. It was just really slow, like, he'd started, and I don't know if you've had cats for a very long time, but there's, you know, there's some telltale signs when it is coming towards the end, like their kid, their kidneys starting to go, so if they start to go to the toilet indoors and, and things like that. Um, so you're noticing all these things, and my mum's telling me, like, here, and it's... Do you think it's it's coming towards the end of the road for for Sherlock? And again, that just disbelief. I didn't want to believe it. I couldn't bring myself to accept that. So having to say goodbye to essentially my best friend throughout my whole life, the person who, or the cat, the being that had been there through every single trial and tribulation of my life, every heartbreak, every argument, every little bit, he was always there without fail. And to bring my, and to have to, I still get emotional about it now, <laughs> to have to then face the fact that they're not gonna be around anymore. I mean, I'd lost family members <laughs> um, and I didn't, react the day that I I reacted that day when my mum said we're going to have to take him to the vet and I remember going in it was just me and my mum and ironically I'd broken my leg again at the same time so I was on crutches again compared to that photo that you can you can see there um and but you're, you're 21 you're full of bravado you want to not kind of oh, I'm, I'm tough I can handle this and um, the vet said, "Yeah, I think it's I think it's for the best that we we put them down." And um, I uh, I was absolutely broken. So the vet, it was actually to be fair to the vet, they were really lovely. Said, "Look, I'll give them the injection, and then I'll leave you alone. <laughs> I'll leave you alone with them, with him." And um, I uh, just, I just held him. And the one thing is, they do, you know, they say put him to sleep. He he did, just go to sleep um, for the final time. And uh, it's a moment that, strangely, I'll, I'll I'll always be grateful for because I've lost that with other cats. I've lost that opportunity to say goodbye to other cats. Um, and I do think it's quite cathartic and it's it helps the healing process, but it will always be one of the hardest memories because it is that they were your <laughs> your everything for such a long time. Um, and just always remembering how how beautiful those moments were, but it's it only hurts the living, the person who's gone or the cat who's gone is is no longer in pain they they don't need to worry about that it's it's i was upset because i didn't have him anymore um 
in that kind of in that way and I felt like I still needed him I guess even 14 years later I, I feel like I still still need a Sherlock and that's why I've always had cats but um, yeah it's it's a magical relationship but a uh, but a tough one to say goodbye to it's a huge emotional cost that we pay yeah. for the joy and love they bring into our lives. I spend far too much of my time thinking about the fact that my three cats won't always be there. And there's not a lot I wouldn't trade in to ensure that they lived as long as I yeah. do. I, it's, it's one of the fundamental laws of nature I would change if I could, <laughs> yeah. along with a few other things. But... Um, it is made worth it by the by the joy they bring us, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that's the price you pay. It's you have to. That's the deal that you strike. As soon as you fall in love, you know that there's going to be pain. So that pain will will always be there. But it is far and outweighed by the joy that you get. The I can still think of moments now of. Like I say, the falling asleep in my arms. The, I mean, he'd literally hug me like a like a baby, two arms around my neck. Um, he'd sleep across my neck. All of those things, those joy joyous moments. You know, just play, just the art of play with a cat. They're really good at it. And just those moments of kind of, as a young boy, thinking I'm actually playing football with my cat now. <laughs> But he was actually he was a phenomenal keeper, actually, so <laughs> quite hard to get past. But um, all of those moments, but for that pain, yeah, it's it, it's got to be worth it, hasn't it? I wholeheartedly believe it is, um, and I bloody love cats. <laughs> How would you say your relationship with Sherlock affected you? Would you say in any way that he's changed your outlook on life in any way? I talk about that that memory of how he reminds me of my dad. And I do think I've learnt resilience. As much as we say they've got nine lives, we do only have one life, and it is about getting up and keeping moving forward. Um, but you still, at the same time, you've got to have fun. And I think Sherlock did that brilliantly. Is Yeah, he'd get in scrapes or he'd get in fights, but the next 20 seconds he'd be there playing with a ball or playing with anything <laughs> someone's jealous that I'm talking about a different cat <laughs> who's who's this in the background this, that we can hear now this is um, that's Susie Sue who is quite the attention seeker um, when she wants to be as as you can hear um, as a family you look back at kind of your childhood times think those times Sherlock and us four as a family were kind of you know they're the halcyon days you know you're you're happy your childhood memories are balled up in that combination of of family and and pets um but yeah absolutely loved what he did for us just an amazing time and an amazing cat <laughs> thank you Karen that's great Travelling home from my conversation with Kieran, 
I thought about how fondly he'd spoken about his halcyon childhood memories of Sherlock, and it made me think in detail about my own pets from years gone by. Star, the one-eyed tree-climbing rabbit, Spiky the guinea pig, glamorous Persian cat Huckle and loyal sidekick Tosh, Fritz, Buttons, Pinky and Chi-Chi, Molly, Dylan, and Darwin. And when I got home, I gave each of my cats the biggest expression of love that I could muster and that they would accept. A kiss on the head for Vic, who likes to be kissed on the head, a brush for Sorzel, who loves nothing more in the world than to be brushed, and a gentle stroke of the forehead for Luna, who's a sensitive soul, but knows that this is me saying I love you. Opposite the house where I grew up, there's a park, with an old mansion house that hundreds of years ago belonged to a family, and in its gardens lies a headstone, carved into it, fading but still legible it reads, Here, lying at length, are Beppo and Waterloo, our beloved horses, died 1835. And I always loved that that these beloved family pets would be remembered, their stories would be passed on, thought about from time to time, and end up being discussed here, on a podcast almost 200 years later. I mentioned this to Kieran at the end of our conversation, and asked how, if possible, he'd like Sherlock to be remembered. He said, as the most loud, bullish, and loving ginger cat you could ever care to meet, who, just like his dad, kept on moving forward. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Please feel free to spread the word. Like, subscribe, share with your friends, leave us a nice review, follow us on social media. And if you have any comments, questions, or you'd like to share your own cat story, please get in touch at mycatthepodcast at gmail.com or drop me a message on Instagram. It's a real privilege to help tell these stories. And I thank all my guests for being so sharing and generous with their time. We'll be back in about a month. So, please do join me then for more cat tales on My Cat the Podcast. Meow for now.